Hi, this is Henry in the editing booth here. Just before we get started with this episode, uh, Corey and I would like to make a couple of things clear about some of the stuff we talk about. I'm just going to be reading what Corey has written from Twitter uh, verbatim, um, just to, to explain what's up. In this episode, we talk about Eddie Dempsey a bit and why putting stock in a single leader as the face of a movement is bound to backfire. I did mention his racism, but should have called it out more strongly. I was also potentially confused about when he deleted his social medias. I thought it was when he was saying some transphobic stuff, but it looks as though it was when he is instead saying some racist stuff. The problem with trying to figure this out retroactively. Either way, I'd like to say it clearly now. He is a danger whose ideas have long been an impediment to solidarity. He shouldn't be in a prominent position if he isn't capable of representing all RMT members. He's not the only eloquent speaker they can dig out, I'm sure. So yeah, just getting that set out of the way first. Hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to Unions in the UK, a podcast about unions in the UK. My name is Henry, pronouns they, them, and I'm here with... Uh, I'm Corey, my pronouns are she, her. We're here today. To What are we talking about today, Corey? Uh, so today I want to give a sort of brief overview of who the Trades Union Congress are in the UK and what that means for people uh, in trade unions and in union activities activism and organizing and yeah very cool uh i believe you had some uh, uh <laughs> twitter beef to get off your chest first <laughs> before we get into anything yeah yeah i honestly i'm really annoyed that i'm doing this because i don't want to be on a podcast just talking about twitter beef no it's a but... we're a twitter beef podcast now it's fine <laughs> but... we're a drama podcast we're like um keemstar or whatever his balls is <laughs> Yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna find super niche union drama. Um, <laughs> I cannot wait to to um, talk about how Beverly voted in the indicative ballot and why that makes her <laughs> ontologically evil. I see, I see, I got it, got it, got it, got it. No, um, so this is related to the to the main topic today. But I just wanted to have a bit of a sidebar, a little little pre pre thing on a show before the show. Yeah, yeah, uh, a show before the show on today's leftist Twitter discourse because <laughs> it's once again um, about a uh, official from the RMT. That's the um, train union that's gone on strike quite a bit and has had quite a high profile recently uh, one of their officials eddie dempsey is once again the center of discourse because some of the worst people on earth have found a speech he made in 2019 and are reposting it it was controversial yes. at the time people were annoyed at eddie at the time like People pulled out of events that Eddie was speaking at because of this speech. 
um, as well as you know some other stuff. Um, <clears throat> but they found it and they're spreading it around again, and it seems as though this is a bit of a wedge issue being leveraged by the centre and the right to break up support for the strikes, sort of like how in the 80s when um, people would point out, oh, Arthur Scargill did this. Um, it's very much like a if, if this prick didn't exist, someone would have to invent him kind of deal. Because yeah. it gives the liberals and the right a some pearls to clutch. Yeah, it gives them an excuse to to not support the strikes because they are performatively too stupid to understand <laughs> that the RMT isn't this one guy with a working class accent. The RMT no, is a union boss man. Yeah. It is one union boss man. Yeah, and he's a big funny bald man. So yeah, to start off with. Eddie Dempsey being a prick is absolutely no reason to not support the strikes. Like, the strikes that the RMT are taking part in deserve our unconditional support as something that they need to do to improve their working conditions. But also, on the flip side, there are parts of the left, including people uh, whose work and activism I generally respect, um, who are trying to do the exact opposite and basically saying that he's God's perfect anti-fascist and he's never done anything wrong and and how <laughs> dare anyone come for him. And those people are also idiots. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> not not to not to both sides this. It sounds yeah, it sounds like you're both sides <laughs> and and taking the center ground on this yeah. one, Corey. What's that about? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, you're a, a center. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think I think it might be illustrative to talk about like why why Eddie hasn't been able to speak up for himself as part of this discourse um, that's been going around on Twitter. It's because he deleted his Twitter a couple of years ago. Oh no! Um, after sharing some stuff that seemed seemed to be transphobic, seemed to be. No, um, I'm sure it can't be that transphobic. <laughs> it seemed to be. Oh Christ! Let's not power up those ideas. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to repeat uh, what he said, but it is yeah. some. But it was. It, sucked. it was at the time some basic uh, transphobe talking points, which there was some backlash on. This isn't the only thing Eddie has had some backlash on. Eddie has had backlash on defending someone who was accused of uh, domestic violence when their partner came out to say um, this person had abused me uh, the speech in 2019 that again some of the worst people on earth are sharing he did um, he his speech there was if you were to interpret it in the best faith possible absolutely idiotic like absolutely just ridiculous <laughs> Because his whole thing is, he's trying, in his speech, he's trying to identify that among supporters of uh, Tommy Robinson specifically, there mm -hmm. is a lingering sort of class resentment against the middle classes who have largely ignored working class problems. Which, you know, is a not... Yeah. 
not entirely unfair view of some of the problems there. However, people rightfully pointed out that the working class is not just made up of white guys who like Tommy Robinson. The working class is uh, the working class is queer. The working class is people of color. The working class is dedicated anti-fascists. Um, people who don't get on with Tommy Robinson and the, his supporters. And the way uh, Eddie's speech was structured sort of doesn't doesn't seem to give what it feels like you know the appropriate weight to the fact that th- these bigots aren't the only part of the working class they're not even the majority of the working class uh they're just a group that's given outsized uh, influence in the discourse because it serves the class interests of the the right wing to bring it up um that these I people mean, like, are working class. Like uh, the an example of this is the fucking what's the 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 not to get into labor discourse, but like the the red wall voter. Yeah, no, it's exactly right? that. It's yeah. it's the this whole idea that the working class is white, racist, misogynistic, transphobic, homophobic, you know, um, <clears throat> and that. Like his speech unfortunately played into a lot of those tropes and the thing is with his other pattern of behaviour I can't say for certain that it's bad faith to interpret that that was an accident that that wasn't an accident sorry I don't think I don't think you can say with everything else Eddie has had going on that that was an accident because of this other shit that he's pulled so the the point of this beef and how it sort of ties into the trade union congress um which is the main topic of today is that both the 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 people that i want to speak to here the people on the left who are trying to lionize him because uh he's currently the victim of the right wing attempting to strike break effectively because eddie is the target of this uh the left wing alienizing him you don't have to the the strike is not one guy putting your stock in an individual or even a organization that's going to come along take you by the hand and make everything okay and do do the hard work for you and they're going to say all the points on tv that you need to be said and everything like that it's always going to disappoint you. It's always going to backfire. Um, like, because individuals are fallible and there's a structural pressure on organizations to keep the status quo. Uh, I do also want to point out that a lot of queer and people of color, uh, working class people and leftists pointed out back in July, the last time the Eddie Dempsey discourse came around, that the RMT putting Eddie up at the front was a bad idea because all of this was going to come out at some point as an attempt to break the strike. It's sort of a catch-22 when you let the right wing... when you let the right wing dictate the terms of engagement like this because either you have to do what a lot of people are doing and stand up for Eddie 
which then breaks the strike because breaks the strike because all the people of colour, all the queer people, all all the women who are not super on board with the with Eddie and his ideas, suddenly you are disposable to them, and that's bad, and that breaks the strike. Or you've put the, all of your stock in this one person as one of your spokespeople, as one of your leaders, and now you've lost the the mild popular support that you could have had because you've put forward this stupid person with this with ridiculous man. ideas. Yeah, this this horrible goblin man. If only Hen and and I'm I'm asking this sincerely. <laughs> I swear. If only there were some sort of well-spoken person who could get across the ideas of the trade union movement but hear me out but hear me out they weren't a white guy with a history of divisive statements if only well, that person existed aware, as far as i'm aware none that there's that there's nobody that fits that description so exactly so you, you're dreaming, you're dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, Talking about the structural pre- pressures on organisations to keep the status quo, let's talk about the Trades Union Congress. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so a bit about them. Uh, the Trades Union Congress is the uh, central, central... Is that right? Yeah, uh, they're like a the, central the, body for, for cent- the trade unions. To re- yeah, to represent the trade unions. Um, they're, they're, there's like... I don't know how many affiliated unions with them. Um, so um, basically, it varies year to year because some unions, especially the smaller ones, will like opt in and then opt out as their members yeah, sort of see yeah, fit. Yeah. It sort of es- like sort of uh, switches between like four, like the forties and the eighties number of yeah, unions. Yeah, sort yeah. Of. Let's let's say around them, um, and they, generally they 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 come together and, uh, and push for specific policies and actions and, and to act as like a unified body um so yeah um so basically they've got this council or like a general council of 56 which includes their um general secretary um who is like the you know the face of the organization in the way that general secretaries tend to be of leftist organizations um they they make the sort of month-to-month decisions. I have literally no idea who most of these 56 people are. The, honestly... Which is, it, a, is an interesting point. <laughs> yeah, like, they're just... They're people nominated by their union to represent them at the Trade Union Congress. Yeah. Um, and this is, just, this is just the central body. There are, like, branches of the Trade Union Congress. Like, Manchester has a Trade Union, con- trade union yes, Congress yeah, yeah, yeah. that is the work similar but is specific to manchester issues sort of thing but like the central body um they they have this general council of 56 the big unions get um more members members are sort of distributed according to the number of members of the council are distributed to the according to the number of members that you have in your union uh, the big unions get like up to 10 members on the 56 council. Smaller unions sort of ballot for any remaining places. Uh, so, yeah, so like boring shit like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, all of their big, big decisions in quotation marks are taken at like a yearly conference. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, to talk about like, so so we, we kind of said who they are and how they kind of operate. They have done some good things for the for for the working class of the UK. Um, I mean, I, I've got five such achievements here. <laughs> uh, one of which I'm not so sure about is a. a an achievement for the working class, but <laughs> still, oh, I'm, um, I'm ready to hear it. which number is it. Which no, which number uh, do you think is not a win? So I've got five, the five from the Wikipedia. So I'm not I, oh. I, I'm not looking at that link that you sent. Uh, yeah, I've got so. five. I've got five direct from from the from from them. There's the 1970 Equal Pay Act win, uh, which uh, so that's that's a good one. That's good. Aces. There's the 1999. Uh, national minimum wage, which is like, eh, okay, good, pretty good. Um, it's it's not a bad one. Uh, there's no 1999 as uh, a limit was placed on working hours for a health and safety measure. Good. Uh, followed by a minimum holiday entitlement. Again, pretty good. 2007, the no smoking ban, like in public areas, whatever. Like <laughs> that, uh, that, that, like I, I, I don't give a shit about that. One. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I like. I'm not a smoker. So I I am in favor of not walking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cloud to smoke. I I don't know whether it's a win for the working classes though. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I, I'm not a smoker myself either, but I I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and then October 2011, agency workers gain the right to receive the same treatment as permanent staff carrying out the same work. Um, which I'm not a hundred percent sure is the case in a lot of places, but mm, well. The, the 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 principle is set out. <laughs> like... So the the one <clears throat> the one on the document that should that will be in the show notes um, that's from the trade union website, their unions at work pamphlet. So their five wins are the same, except they don't have the one about the agency workers. Instead, they have in 1948 the NHS was created in part as a result of union campaigning, which oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely, that one's a win. Fair, fair oh, yeah. play. That's a good yeah, well done. <laughs> um, okay, so that that yeah, again, that's a bit about the TUC. Uh, I guess the next thing to raise is why do we care? Should we care? Who cares? <laughs> well, like, well, like. No, Go on, Corey. I, I think you can start this one off. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll sort of ask ask a question to your question of like, how often do you interact with the TUC? Like, you're a union activ- activist and an organizer yes. in different unions. How often do you come into contact with the TUC? Uh, when I was at a protest, I saw the Manchester TUC flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. That's about right. Um, now the TUC, uh, and oh, so, go on. And sometimes one of our councillors from our uh, from our ward will post on Twitter. Sometimes. <laughs> no, yeah. we've already yeah. done the Twitter section of this episode. We're not going. Sorry, back. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try. I'll resist. I'll resist. <laughs> There's some good beef there, though. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I guess that kind of raises that that also important thing. You don't have to care. I guess you you don't have to engage yeah. with them necessarily. Like, they do good things sort of broadly for tra- the trade union movement in the UK. They have a high media profile, can keep unions in people's minds, which is good and useful. Yeah, very cool. Um, they have a lot of power to put like pressure on Parliament to be 
less of a prick. Um, but like the the thing is, anything cool and good that they do is <laughs> is because your workplace is cool and good, basically. Because yeah. if if you as someone in a union make make something good happen where you work and other people also do that where they work eventually the the trades union congress sort of follows you they don't lead us we lead them we have to lead them they are not they're not a they're not a vanguard party no <laughs> no matter how many how many Trotskyists? No, no matter how many Trotskyists have been elected to the trade union congress, um, <laughs> for can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, there are um, genuinely a, a lot of Trotskyists in in um, trade union organising, especially in sort of elected positions. Oh, I just meant as a vanguard party. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That would be. That would be Something. funny considering what we're about to talk about <laughs> later on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And it, like, um, so like, uh, I mean, an example that we've put deliberately in the show notes. Um, so you don't have to be a part of it or even engage with them whatsoever. Uh, IWGB, which is the Independent Workers of Great Britain, have done some pretty cool things uh, surrounding delivery drivers getting some good wins. And they're not even affiliated with the TUC so yeah they've they've been some of the most effective union organizers in the UK for a number of years uh, I think really the only the only thing that's come close for for me that I've come into contact with has been since Sharon Graham took over um, unite and uh, go boss get her a tattoo get a tattoo of her <laughs> <laughs> don't please shut the fuck up <laughs> Before this, I was talking. We were talking about like lionization of uh, trade union um, officials or, or whatever, whatever you want to call them, um, <laughs> uh, and uh, I raised the idea of having a, a Mick Lynch tattoo, um, which I think made Corey a bit sick. Yeah, well, um, the thing is, there's, there is this tendency to take to take like trade union officials and like people who are high profile in the media um, and make make them a a a figure of worship almost and i think it's a sickness i genuinely think it's, it's, <laughs> it's an illness to do that like all these people being like oh we should have we should have mick lynch in in government and he should be leader of the labor party no my shut my, the fuck I, up <laughs> my ideal government would be mick lynch jess phillips oh don't um, do not God. bring that list up to me uh, I love that's... it so much. Oh, and I don't, I, I don't like Piers Morgan as well because I've heard his name mentioned a couple of times. Yeah, so why and, not? and that's the thing is like these people aren't necessarily the best people for these positions that they're being touted for. It's just people that other people can remember. Like it's just people <laughs> they recognise. Which, again, sort of circling back to the issues around having problematic white guys be the only people in in these prominent positions in unions is that then they end up getting promoters to these actually influential positions like there's mm. a like there is a problem there um 
Um, well, I think there is no problem, and Jess Phillips, Phillips would be great at a dinner party, so. <laughs> <laughs> She's made such great friends with, um, right? with Tories. She can, she can talk across the divide and she's she can. presumably working class. And I'm hearing Northern. I'm hearing she's from the North. Fuck off. <laughs> she's from outside of London. That's the same thing. She's from outside. That's the North. Um, so, so yeah, sorry. We got off course a little bit. My mistake. I brought mm. up the tweet. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, we, we, we mentioned, like, you know, they can do some good st- stuff. Um, uh, and, like, you know, they, they, they also have the capability of doing some, not necessarily bad stuff, but just, like, you know, like, wet rag stuff. Just, yeah. like... So the other... The, I'll, I'll just go right into it. The other day, they said, watch this space, we're about to drop a bomb. We're about to fucking do it, baby. Uh, and the comments underneath sent me uh, into cardiac arrest for a bit. <laughs> um, I was <laughs> I was losing my mind a little bit because um, some of the people underneath were suggesting uh, there was going to be a general strike announced. Which <laughs> yeah, that was that was never going to happen. You absolute <laughs> clowns! Fucking... It's so fucking. Because it, it, it betrays two things. One, that the TUC is that cool. And two, that the TUC kind of, like, is the u- boss of all unions that decides what all unions do. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's it's, it's it's a bit of a goofball move. I don't know about you, but I think I think, I think of everyone posting, including people I saw with uh, Hammer and Sickles in their bio. <laughs> with these general strike. And I'm like, guys... Be normal for five fucking minutes. Um, yeah. What did they? I can't even remember what they fucking announced. Was it a drive for fucking minimum wage? Uh, I can't it remember. was a. It was a petition to the <laughs> government for a rise to to the national uh, minimum wage up to fifteen pounds over the next few years. It might have been by twenty twenty six, which is um, not good enough <laughs> yeah like, even even were that implemented directly right now this very second <laughs> like even if it wasn't delayed for like five fucking years it, it's just a bit of a wet white move yeah and like that's that's sort of the thing like i've i've read some books henry i've i've read some some theory i've done some some uh some that makes book <laughs> and like I I was really sort of struck by I've re- read like the Left Book Club sent out a collection of essays from L- Rosa Luxemburg like a few months nice. ago, and like even then when she was writing like at the dawn of what we would consider the the leftist movement, um, she was writing that the British trade unions were some of the oldest and most well-established working organizations like in <laughs> in Europe and that because of this they were slower to any sort slower and sort of more resistant to any sort of radical action because they're almost part of the s- state at this point they're part of the furniture they're part of the status quo and so Rosa Luxemburg was like, you know, alive like 10 years ago, right? Uh, 
yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and she's talking about them being old because, you know, you know, like, you know, she's a recent, she's a recent one, right? Yeah, it's she's... Not, it's not, you're not suggesting that she was writing this, well, maybe like a hundred years ago, and <laughs> suggesting they were old even then? That seems pretty wild to me. Uh, yeah, she was um, born in 1871, and, okay. uh, and she was tweet- tweeting about how the British trade unions <laughs> are old, um... Last God last sake. week, just before last week, uh, she's still going. Yeah, she's still still posting. Um, as God as sake. we know about like eighteen hundreds leftist theorists, uh, they love to post and they love linen. That's the two things. That's the two their favorite things. <laughs> they love them. God's sake. Uh, uh, but yeah, like the fucking uh, as you were saying, TUC is very much part of the the the. The state at this point, like it's, yeah, it, it's it, it it it's how it works at this point for yeah. the UK. It's it's been how it's worked a... for a while. Like honestly, yeah. like uh, one of the things that have like Mick Lynch not too long ago was actually coming out. Like um, they were talking to him on the news, um, and he was like, "No, I'm not like a revolutionary. I don't want a revolution. Um, I want to reform the system that we've got so that it works." <sighs> Come on, baby man. And and like, well, that's the thing. Is like, he's the leader of a trade union in in the UK. He's he's someone who's so part of this establishment that the only thing that sort of makes sense for his material interests and for for the material interests of every fucker around him is to reform the system. It's not. It's not a revolutionary. Um, it's not a revolutionary part of the state or of like a revolutionary part even of leftist organizing it's it's a reformist one and that means that they tend to to put forward these sort of shallow reforms unless there's the pressure to do something more revolutionary and yeah again going back to like rosa luxemburg um <laughs> She was. She talked in Reform or Revolution about how we sort of need both. Every reform is part of an inevitable step towards the revolution. So even if you are like a revolutionary communist, if you are, are a revolutionary anarchist, whatever, um, you you can't argue that these reforms are a are a bad thing. Really, only the sort of accelerationists do that, and they are. <laughs> ridiculous simply ridiculous yeah. people people D- like 10 out of 10 yeah it's it's the idea that um you know if if the world ends tomorrow we will revert to some sort of natural state of of socialism overnight without really any work basically like it just pu- pushing people towards desperation in order to make them more radical and it's just not how it works ultimately people people will only sacrifice their comfort when there is no other real option and yeah. by that point a lot of the most vulnerable people have have died in trouble yes like yes. You, you can look at any any struggle across across the world uh, from basically any time people don't just throw down because things are bad People throw down because they've decided that that they might as well go down on their own terms. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. Sorry, just thinking about accelerationism got me on to thinking about uh, post-sadism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm waiting for... Is it post-sadism or post-sadism? I've always said post-sadism. Yeah, yeah. But I can't speak to dolphins, so I don't know the actual... Shit. The actual pronunciation. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it's okay, because the aliens will sort us out. Once we nuke each other to oblivion, the aliens <laughs> will come over and pick the best and brightest. Into a glorious utopia. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's that's our, that's the official political <laughs> stance of unions in the UK. <laughs> yeah, is that aliens are our only hope. Um, Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that was to me, not you. Um, so, so yeah, TUC weenies, but sometimes do nice things. Yeah, um, and like sort of off the back of this petition, there was this this weird thing where a lot of people. Again, on Twitter, because, you know, I spend a lot of my time online because I'm, I too am sick in the brain. It's a good way of gauging the most uh, extreme and insane. I, I don't like using the word extreme because it's often used to, to, you know, play out like the idea that there's one side versus the, I don't know, it's it's a silly word. Uh, I'm just going to say uh, silly, silly dumb people, silly yeah, dumb Yeah, they're just, just the, absolute, the absolute wildest takes that you didn't believe an actual person could have. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's quite impressive that they were constructed and hold together as a thought yeah, to yeah. begin with. It's, yeah, yeah, like going on Twitter is basically stress testing your own grasp on reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like, you know, sometimes you need to make sure that you still see things in the, in a in a rational sort of way, in a <laughs> in a cohesive worldview, and you just need to, you know, go onto the trending tab on Twitter and just see what oh, see Jesus. what the Cenobites are typing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, people on on Twitter were sort of spreading this idea that. Uh, the trade union congress trade union congress is compromised and the reason it's compromised is because the general secretary francis o'grady has a position has a non yeah non-executive director of the bank of england right yeah uh so yeah she's got this position in the bank of england and people were sort of spreading the idea that that um that means that the trade union that was Congress the start is... of the rot yeah. yeah and it's it's not that's a conspiracy theory that is ridiculous conspiratorial thinking the playing into thought patterns like that leads to some very very ridiculous things uh, that do tend to happen on the left and by looking looking for those connections sort of retroactively like like that leads like i say it's conspiratorial thinking and it's just nonsense what you need to do is understand that the trade union congress is again a part of the british state effectively it's a part of the british society of uk society as it currently exists and therefore the someone important in the trade union congress gets a seat as a director on the the bank of the board of the bank of england before it was francis o'grady it was dave prentice who was the general secretary of 
one union or another. Um, so basically, there's always a high-ranking member of the TUC on this board, not because the board is there to compromise them, because they're part of what makes the British state work. It's part of why they're reformists, again, because they're part of this state, because they're part of the way society is built and functions, they want to reform it rather than tearing it down. I'm going to do my quote, because uh, I have to, mm-hmm. uh, because I did it before. <laughs> capital has the ability to subsume all critiques into itself. Even those who would critique capital end up reinforcing it instead. Disco Elysium, everyone play that game, please. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and it, it, it's a fair point. Like, it's um, the... the, the People like to point out, like, and, and and I don't, I don't mean to sound what's the word, um, d- rude is the best word that comes to mind, and suggest that people are like fresh, doe-eyed to this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, where they they they've just discovered the TUC and are like, wow, that's amazing. Um, oh no, but like, there's bad things happening. It must be new, sort of thing. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of that, but I don't want to suggest that that's all of it. Mm. Um, but people should understand that, yeah, the TUC is part of the state and it is not newly compromised. It is, there there was no compromising that needed to be done. Yeah. It's (laughs) by its very nature. This is what it is. Yeah, Yeah. And like, this is sort of the, the thing again, to loop back to the discourse and back to Eddie individuals and organizations that, you expect to lead you are always going to backfire it's they're not gonna you can't trust them to do that you need to do the work yourself uh as i've put in my little my little notes in advance of this episode is you cannot outsource your own goddamn radicalism (laughs) if you think things should be better you need to be doing it yourself and making sure the things you build are self-sufficient and self-sustaining and actually centered in the community that <clears throat> actually centered in the community that it's supposed to serve bureaucratizing activism and like basically creating this hierarchy where people m- most often down south in london um but i mean admittedly the trade union movements are a little bit better for than other places for that but still mostly these people down down elsewhere in the country separate to the struggles you are facing are not going to save you you need to make sure that your your activism and your organizing is grounded in your community and not not giving away the power that you create to these people who are not part of that struggle people that like you would never even like meet or affect or have any connection to sort of thing yeah and like, like that's that's not to say that you can't have like solidarity with the people absolutely that yeah, you yeah. don't meet and can't affect you. you you we need this broader broad solidarity um and like i think the problem is people only think that that can work in this sort of hierarchical fashion people think it can only work if there's like this big central body that you know hands down hands down um like the direction for the union kind of thing and it doesn't it doesn't have to be like that you can just make the improvements that you need to make in your workplace and then they'll catch up with you yeah these like 
gone. Gone. Sorry, I interrupted you twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was literally just going to say. I think basically what you're saying, where, uh, yeah, once once you create a, a a situation where they feel like they have to act in line with what you're doing, they'll do it. Like that's part of what reformists do. That's part of how reformists judge what reforms can be done by what people are willing to do it's sometimes a little it, bit difficult to pass <laughs> it, there's a little bit i've got a thing in my head that i want to say and it's only tangentially related but it's in a sense when when you're asking for something if you want to get one of a thing you ask for 10 times that thing and that way and negotiate i might cut this this is nonsense <laughs> <laughs> hang on i i had a thought i had a thought and it's, it's because I got so disconnected from that thought in playing with this fucking metaphor, I lost the thought to begin with. What? So it can't have been related to it anyway. Mm. That's fine. Fuck it. It's dead. <laughs> I mean, may, maybe like you were going to talk about like how people, like the, the sort of reformist ideas of like how they judge what what reforms yes. they ask for. Yes. Yes. Maybe, That's it. Thank you. Thank you. May, Thank yeah. you, babe. Do, do you want to finish? No, fuck it. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like, maybe they get the reforms, they come up with what reforms they're asking for by compromising with what they want yes. in advance, and that's that's foolish. There's a, there's a really old quote that I quite like, um, that I cannot for the life of me remember um, where it's from. But um, it goes along the lines of, we are not, we're not asking... For much, we only want the world. Uh, I know that one as well. Yeah, I just fucking... Mm-hmm. I just love that. I love the... I, I love when... Like... Um, leftist stuff gets so... Brazen about what it actually wants. There's none of this sort of hiding behind... Oh, we think you'll give us this. We think we can win that. No, no, it's... We want this. We deserve this. This will be better. Um, and I just, yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for, for me personally on on how inspirational I find that versus the sort of milk toast um, compromising that can sometimes come out of of uh, leftist spaces because we are argumentative by our very natures and we will argue ourselves down from our own points by... And I think that is a good thing, but go on, sorry. No, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, we argue ourselves down from our own points by imagining the arguments other people would use against us. I, I was just, like, that That always, to me, has been a good thing, that we're squabbling and, like, fucking, like, arguing about shit. The, the issue is, like, a lot of people think of the left and want a unified the left all doing one the same thing when i don't think it necessarily has to be everyone doing the one same thing yeah if everyone's doing their own things as well as squabbling squabble as much as you want like but don't settle with squabbling just do stuff. <laughs> um and as long as people are actually doing stuff i think that 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 is a good thing yeah. um I mean, people squabbling squabble- is funny <laughs> squabbling is funny but like um i i actually heard a very funny um 
sort of summation of like how the left contrasts with the right in this degree in this sort of area because like people sort of look at the right and think that they're very unified um and like the thing about the left is that we're constantly arguing and splitting off goals and doing things that doing things with or without people because of their political ideas and we just sort of don't affiliate with certain ones and, and whatever and the right is just a group of people who are all at various stages of fucking each other over yes yeah yeah like they appear unified but like it's it's fully they're just ready to turn on each other at a moment's Seconds notice away from stabbing someone in the back <laughs> both figuratively and literally yeah um christ but yeah um to get back onto the topic i mean like uh, we've put a point in here um we were talking about general strike before with the petition uh, yeah that toc put out and stuff um so to get back onto that like i'm gonna t- talk to this point before i get onto what we've actually written down general strike cool and good if we are ready for it um yep because a lot of a lot of people who have done little to no preparation um are on twitter typing out do general strike press the big general strike button please 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 (laughs) and i understand i understand the like the the what's the word the 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 frustrations that are going into that i get it like you, it, you want a big a big thing to to say fuck you to the state mr state go away you're nasty you're basic but like <laughs> you need to prepare for general strike you can't just do it like it got, got cory you can probably speak more to this because you have um you brought up what m- maybe capital can survive what like 10 days before things start really getting fucky yeah yeah i think people worked out that the the capitalism has about 10 days worth of go before a strike properly properly causes it issues and starts to make it collapse um and but that's when that seems to be about when they start panicking Uh, i think people sort of reverse engineered that from uh some of the ways that the response to coronavirus happened of basically understanding that oh this is this is how long they can do without us um and after that they're desperate to get us to start doing to do start doing work again um uh, and i think and what will they do if when they're desperate uh, anyway so <laughs> um interesting but yeah like once that once capital goes away once those like those those modes of production like collapses in on itself like you've got to have something ready to replace it you've got to have something there that will feed people and will yeah. you know, like handle all this shit that that capital supposedly handles not not only so, that like, but you need to people need to be assured that they're going to be fine during those like 10 days when they're trying to make capital collapse like, for sure yes they yeah, need yeah. to know that they're going to be looked after even if everything goes back to normal kind of thing yeah um so 
With that said, and I'm going to steal Corey's notes, <laughs> if you want a general strike, make your workplace more radical, establish networks of mutual aid to be sure that you can sustain action like that and survive the collapse of capital if it comes to that. Um, uh, the TUC is not cool and sexy and will not <laughs> do those things. Uh, the the TUC is like the, the TUC is like will 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 do like bare minimum nice things when they want and well, dumbass stupid shit when they want well, it's, also. It's because they think again. It's they think that that's all that's possible because they're yes yeah they're compromising with themselves to decide. Well, here's a win that we can actually get when yeah. Sorry, go on. Because they're weenies. Um. <laughs> um they're not going to act until they have, uh, and until they think that they should. <laughs> basically, um, you need you need to you need to make the steps first, and then they'll go. Oh, this looks all right, and then follow along, um, like uh, as they would. It's not for them to decide when 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 the things start happening. That's for that's for us, sort of thing. Yeah. Did I butcher that? Did I bumble my way through that? No, no. You know, I mean, I think you did really well. You did good. Thank you. Um, it's, it's got awful sweaty. I'm in the. I'm in a, a roof room. <laughs> so like a converted attic space with windows, and it's sunny today, and it's a sauna in here, and I'm wearing all black because <laughs> I'm a stupid idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you gotta stay true to your goth roots. Like <laughs> goth roots. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're yeah, very, yeah, yeah. very classically goth i would say classically it's it's uh, it's called post-punk babe (laughs) (laughs) oh dear but yeah so with with like the tuc and like saying that they're not going to act until you you make them effectively that's the thing is like ultimately their power derives from their power that they do have which they wield for good they have it because of you and it's there's actually a very um interesting sort of example of that with this with again going back to unite and sharon graham um when their general secretary election was up was coming up it was sort of seemingly between uh two guys basically where one guy looked like the heir apparent from the previous general secretary, and one guy was effectively from the right wing of the union. Um, but Sharon sort of is on the left of the union, same as like this heir apparent guy was, and refused to back down from from the race, refused to be like part of like a united slate or anything, because she said that you know I'm not. I've got all these sort of people in all these branches across the country who support me and I have this really broad base of support and just because you you all seem to have done some backroom deal at the top of the union about who's the best candidate next doesn't mean that you know what the people who are actually doing the work want and she won and she's done phenomenal work from there like that's not to say like uh, I think Howard Beckett was the the other guy. Not to say he's bad or anything, just that he seems to be the candidate decided from the top, and she was the candidate decided from the bottom, and she won. 
because the power at the top comes from you. That's how you sort of affect these the people at the top of the TUC, how you make them do this thing, is that you make sure that your branch is active. You make sure that your branch has cool and radical ideas and is trying to agitate for the four-day working week and you know more democratic control in the workplace, flexi-leave, um, more support for people um who need sick maternity pay for staff. yeah sick pay for casualized staff more stuff around maternity around menopause around things like that you you need to make sure that you're organizing that there you need to make sure that your your area is strong and radical because that's when you can push strong radical people up the chain mm. and that's how the change happens and why it's so important to remember that the power always comes from you um and yeah i just wanted a sort of concrete example of like how how when you develop power from below you do get to change things at the top it's not that the trade union congress is gonna resist resist that um it just needs to be something that you organize for and don't expect a leader to come out of the the woodwork and do for you things need to be organized and radical and pushed for um it's a good thing too that you know she she won that because um it would have made this tattoo that i have embarrassing otherwise (laughs) 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 um beautifully put though uh cory i was i was a bit in awe then um listening to you with your structured thoughts (laughs) (laughs) that is that is a, a bold description but, structured at least aesthetically <laughs> when they come out they look structured <laughs> inside they might not but yeah, outside they definitely do it's like it's just bees in here it's just <laughs> just nothing but bees um i love bees they're, they're pretty good well. uh, anyway i think that's the end of the episode before i start I talking bees. about wildlife conservation um, um cool let's do the outro so as always, we have social medias. We're at un- uh, medias, singular, plural. We have one. We have a Twitter. <laughs> we have unions in the UK and Twitter. That is just all one word, unions in the UK. We also have an email if you want to get us, which is unionsintheuk at gmail.com. Uh, we seem to have been falling into some sort of a schedule. Uh, I mean, the, the, the idea forming around the idea of having a schedule. We've released on Thursdays. I'm not sure if that was intentional, but we did. <laughs> um, uh, and we're recording on Thursdays. So the plan is every other Thursday, I assume. Yeah. That seems right. Yeah. W- that, that yeah seems we've right. both got other other stuff to do. And um, this is... Yeah, imagine... It, yeah, this is difficult sometimes to find time for around other things. So every other imagine, week. I was going to say, imagine releasing every week. I'd fucking... <laughs> I'd die. Um, okay, yeah, so the, I didn't mention this in the previous part, but the music that you hear at the start and end of each episode is a uh, remix uh, of Solidarity Forever by the Bandcamp YouTuber and Instagram user, uh, Intellectual Darkwave. Um, they give us direct permission to use it and then ask for a link to our first episode, and so... 
uh, if you're listening, thank you. Did we ever uh, hear sorry. back? <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, I mean, they said that they were going to listen to it. But <laughs> if they did, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Saw's about that, but here you go. The fuck that was. It's fucking warm. I think that's everything. Yeah. Top rate it out of ten. T U C. No. We'll we'll be back. Hopefully in two weeks. That's the plan. We'll be talking again about something to do with trade unionism. We're gonna. Uh, as I say, continue try to reach out to people, uh, other organisers in trade union spaces to see if they want to come and talk about the specific activism that they're doing. Um, if any other big things come up, we'll probably pivot an episode to talk about them like we did today with the TUC and their um, their £15 minimum wage petition. Mm-hmm. Um other than that, as I said last time, if you've got any anything that you want to hear about, about trade unions, if you want us to talk about specific unions, if you want us to talk about um, union elections and standing for your branch and doing like national organising rather than just branch organising, uh, that's something that I'm happy to talk about as well. Uh, other than that, see you soon. No, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god.